0: There, welcome to episode six of the print interviews. I'm Colin Sinclair McDermott, aka the Online Print Coach, and today I am joined by none other than Scott and Wayne, the two founders of Venture Banners. Uh, thanks for joining me today, gents. How are you? Oh, good. Okay, yeah. very good. Looking forward to it. Excellent. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourselves. I, what's, what's your kind of current roles within within Venture Banners at the moment?
1: I am more in the finance side of it and product development really uh, any products we've got any uh, thing that needs a bit of research and development that's more my remit i'm
2: pretty much working full-time on vb media at the minute as a mm-hmm. developer so mm-hmm. that's one of the areas where my um, training lies web development and graphic design so okay. th- that's me for the ne- for the foreseeable anyway
0: so tell, tell us a little bit about you guys obviously can uh, um, You met you. you, Am I right in saying you you both worked for a car dealership back in the days when you first kind of came about each other?
2: Yeah, um, Dovercourt they used to have, um, sort of a big presence around Essex. I was a graphic designer, wasn't overly happy in my job, and applied as a a graphic designer at Dovercourt, and that's (laughs) where I met Scott.
1: So I was the marketing manager at the time there in the early 2000s. I wanted to bring more marketing in-house um, mm-hmm. and utilise this new internet thing that was that was just gaining a bit of traction back then. Wayne came in with graphic design experience and website building experience as well. So together we we it was it was a big department in the end, but we we got a great reputation throughout the entire group. And that was Mercedes dealerships. There was I think it was five or six Mercedes dealerships, uh, Volkswagen dealerships. Audi as well. And we got a great reputation throughout the entire group uh, for the marketing.
0: Mm-hmm. And is that, is that the group that we now know as Lookers? then, yeah? It is.
1: They, yeah, okay. they they were part of a Dutton
2: sure and then they got bought out by Lookers after you left, shortly after you left. Yeah, it was, it? yes. And, and that kind of made it more difficult. I took over Scott's role as marketing manager, but it was less doing and more looking after people, which... Okay. Uh, I kind of struggled with, I think, at first.
0: So Scott was your boss back back then, then, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, very, very loosely. To be fair, he carried me the entire way, <laughs> <laughs> and still does. Is that right, when <laughs>
0: <laughs> My back is so sore, Colin. You have no idea. <laughs> so, so what was the what was the kind of inspiration to to go go out alone? Then, what kind of took oh, you down was, uh, the uh, road to, was, to, to was, set up a business?
1: God, I was a, I was a serial and I'm, I'm not going to use the word entrepreneur, but I was a, a serial side hustler. Mm-hmm. I'd started loads of businesses over the years and had little side hustles and, and loved working, you know, creating businesses and, and, and working of an evening. And in about 2006, I, because of something I was doing for the marketing at, at Dovercourt, I found a cheap banner supplier. I mm-hmm. uh, thought there must be a business here. Wayne built the website for it. And I started doing that as a side hustle. By 2007, it, it, it was taking up so much of my time that it was actually interfering with the job I was doing as marketing manager. So yeah. I made the decision on my, it was actually on my 39th birthday, to leave Dovercourt mm-hmm. um, and start up doing that full time, which is exactly what I did.
0: So you set that up first, and then when you came along later, is that right? Well, it was
2: under a different name. Stop so wasn't doing uh, venture banners at the time.
1: He was, mm-hmm. it was. Clearview clear banners. Clearview banners. Clearview banners. Yeah. And it was re- more retail than trade. Okay. Um, but I, I used to spend an awful lot of time, because I didn't get have any artwork experience, I used to spend a lot of time emailing and phoning Wayne and saying, can you just check this artwork for me? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And he was, he, he, he was kind of invaluable for that. Um, but he mm-hmm. was getting busy as well. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we kind of, I had a phone call from someone once who, who basically said, crikey, he if, if, if was a trade customer. I um, oh, that's cheaper than I can do it myself for what I was selling in these banners for. So, and that was kind of the inspiration for the trade side of Venture okay. Banners. Me and mm-hmm. I had a conversation and, and I but I remember the phone call well. I, I basically said, you and me have smashed this. <laughs> so, so what
0: happened then kind of at that point? Wayne's made the transition to come and, and kinda of join up with you. Did you still outsource the print at that point or were you yeah, were you looking yeah. to
1: the just- all, all outsourced. All outsourced to a company in uh Bradford. Mm-hmm. Uh we worked from my garage, I was converted my garage into an office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked from there. We had a VoIP phone that we used to pass to each other for, for transferring calls. Um, <laughs> Literally across the desk. Yeah, if Wayne was downloading an artwork, I couldn't talk to anyone. It mm-hmm. was uh, very, very basic, but, you know, it, it, it was growing.
0: Mm-hmm. And from what I know about the story, you, you weren't in the garage for very long, were you? I, did, you have, did you outgrow that pretty quickly? No,
1: we got offices. We got offices in November. Uh, mm-hmm. We took them I think we took our first member of staff on in August. He worked in the garage with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then by November, we needed more people. And we just ran out of room in the garage. So we had offices in Chelmsford. And we grew that to... How many staff did we have there? Was it seven or eight? Yeah, it was about eight. Yeah, in the end. So... And, and, and you were and still we
0: outsourcing just, everything at this point as well, yes.
2: Yeah? Yeah, still outsourcing everything, yeah, absolutely. We never wanted to be printers. That is it. That, <laughs> that,
1: yeah, that's kind of our our, our thing. We know, we always say that. Never wanted to be printers. We were quite happy outsourcing it. it was it, it worked really really well. And so the staff
0: that you brought in, then what kind of what roles did they fill? Kind of how did you decide who to bring on and when? Kind of.
2: So it was—it was it all was the processing um, when we was in the garage. It was—it was sort of fairly simple. I would process orders, and Scott would process orders. He would do the majority of it because then I would process artworks to send to the suppliers, so that mm-hmm. we made it as easy for them as possible to process our orders. That was kind of the whole ethos that we've still stuck to. Really, is, is trying to make it as easy and as simple as possible. So mm-hmm. when we moved to the garage, we had to um, employ people uh, from the garage. We had to employ more people to process orders because we we're getting more orders in, and the process artworks, and then yep. the account side of things became more of an issue. So we had to get somebody into, you know, do the bookkeeping, mm-hmm. uh, and it kind of ended up. I want to see. We grew quickly. We had to plug some holes, but thankfully, a lot of the people we employed in the early days were people that we we knew of we'd worked with before um Mm -hmm. and they were capable as well yeah Mm -hmm. there's sometimes a worry when you're starting up is that if you're employing someone that you don't know you you don't know them you don't know what their work ethics like and Mm -hmm. and how sort of competent they are but Mm -hmm. we got a lot of good people in the early days
0: good so for two guys that didn't want to become printers, when did it? When did that change? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's an interesting story. So the, <laughs> the supplier basically turned around. We'd had two uh, suppliers at this point, and our principal supplier basically turned around and said, actually, uh, we, we, we want to go after supermarkets and things like that, so we, we don't want your business anymore. If we do have your business, these are going to be the prices. And we were putting million pound a year to them. Mm-hmm. Um, my goodness in, in banners and roller banners so it, it kind of it kind of forced our hand we'd had over the course of the the, uh, the the couple of years we were in the office we'd had a couple of printer manufacturers and salespeople. people you must buy this printer you must buy that printer and we always shied away from it at that point we we made the phone calls back and said yeah can, can we come and have a look
0: <laughs> and wh- why didn't you i guess Kind you know reach out to any other kind of potential suppliers obviously you had a a good sales a good sales book and a, I'm sure there's lots of other suppliers out well, there that would have happily kind of filled their books so was you know what was what was the deciding factor there to to, to bring it in the house it was driving back
2: after that meeting and we both independently had the same thoughts in the meetings when we were talking mm-hmm. it was like okay well it's clear To secure the business and obviously this is our livelihood so it's it now you know and it was very real the prospect of potentially being losing everything um and that's what it felt like at the time so Mm -hmm. the only we felt the only way to secure our business was
1: we have to start printing our own stuff yeah and it wasn't just our wages that were dependent on it now we had staff yeah, we had we had responsibilities, so mm-hmm. it was it, it really it, that really brought it home to us. It was like we can't let everyone down.
0: Yeah, it well, yeah. throws a lot more weight on it, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're in that situation. You've got a predicament. Buying kit isn't isn't cheap. Kind of what was uh, what was the thought process? Like, kind of how did you fund that? What what kit did you go for in the early days to get started?
1: So uh, I did an awful lot of spreadsheets to work out what we could afford, how we could afford it, uh, and how we could grow the business with with various printers. We both went to see two printers from very different ends of the scale, and both of us decided, and again, independently, we, we stood in front of a printer, uh in Belgium at EFI and, and and both of us walked out of there and we just looked at each other and went we've got to have one of those it, it, it was incredible the, the you know the GSR 3250 what a machine the trouble is it, it cost more than either of our houses and and um, no one was lending any money we were still it was 2000 into 2011 so we were still in the aftermath of the banking crisis banks weren't lending any money um, and we haven't been printers. We, we've got no track record mm-hmm. at all, apart from you know, a reasonably healthy balance sheet from, from being office-based. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when Regional Growth Fund came in. Regional Growth Fund, they specify you must create some jobs. And for that, we will give you a percentage of the capital value of whatever you're looking to buy and that makes the the lenders feel a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. uh, and that's what happens that's what 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 happens So regional growth fund came in the lender suddenly felt much more comfortable uh we could we had to create jobs anyway at that point because we were literally creating a production environment from nothing yeah and and that's what we did we, we we signed on the dotted line and it was the it was it was delivered in the, the GS was delivered in uh, April 2012, uh, and and it was the equivalent of someone who just passed their test buying a Lamborghini. We we, we <laughs> never operated one before, never stood, you know, the only time we'd stood in front of one was when we went up to visit a supplier, and we didn't really know what we were looking at. And we went from there.
0: I've had the pleasure of walking around a trade hall with Wayne in Germany, looking at Kit, and he's like uh, uh, heading a, a sweet shop looking at all the new fancy machines coming out so I can only imagine <laughs> what it felt like half back then them.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at that point then you've um you've had to, you've signed that dotted line Were the premises you were in big enough or did you have to move again no
2: we we were in uh, working out of offices in uh, space maker at the time before mm-hmm. we bought the printer uh we had to get a um a unit sort of down the road Chelmsford itself is actually quite expensive in terms of floor space cost
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so we had to go down the road to a town called Witton not too far away drivable for most of us and yeah we we um leased a 7,000 square foot unit so not massive mm-hmm. but at the time we were like wow this is huge we'll never fill this up mm-hmm. and yeah the the printer came in and then kind of looked a little bit dwarfed in the corner so we thought you know we're going to be here forever mm-hmm. uh
1: we weren't within five years it was full up we we, we bought another printer the next year we bought a zund two years after that and a high frequency welder and a massive cutting table so it it, it filled up really really quickly towards towards the end of that five years we were out of space so what would you say
0: the the biggest challenges were over that period then kind of there must have been some pretty valuable lessons learned um in those early days we just kept on doing
1: what we were doing and growing it it, it wasn't the, the the hard bit was juggling for me was was juggling the finances in terms of you know all of a sudden we've got massive outgoings as well mm-hmm. you've yeah. got you know business rates, we've got rent electricity yeah. all of a sudden when you're dealing in a, a production environment it gets very expensive mm-hmm. and and then in 2014 we had the flood so we had a massive flood a foot and a half of water created by a cloud burst okay um that actually f- it, it filled the industrial the park up completely to the point where it floated a 660 litre biffer skip from one side of the industrial estate to the other
0: good leaf so a fair bit of damage done there then a fair bit.
1: Everything, everything 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 was gone right. uh, The hell. the vutex were were gone the zund was gone because everything on the zund is about two inches off the floor Mm -hmm. Um, we had an engineer sitting behind the vutex literally pulling bits out pouring water out of them and saying you need new one of these new one of these new one of these it was yeah it was it was horrific horrific and what
0: year was
1: this 2014 14 okay but then when we
2: employed people before this happened, you know, this whole thing highlights the importance of employing the right sort of people. Again, you, you mm-hmm. never know, but w- w- when this happened, everyone pulled together. Yeah. They were, we It happened on a Saturday, and on Sunday, I think everyone who could get in was in, helping push all the water out. Mm-hmm. In fact, it might have even been Saturday afternoon. It it was might. It, they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant, with staff. the staff. The Saturday afternoon, everyone came in. We had to basically get it as much of the, the standing water out as possible. You know, you let it dry out and then go through all the equipment to see what was working because they were invested as well because we've employed these people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them were, when we got the Regional Growth Fund, we have employed long-term unemployed people. Yeah. Um, and it showed how much the job meant to them as well, which, you know, is very touching from our point of view mm-hmm. because, you know, f- for us, this is, this is our... Uh, a baby really effectively uh, but it's it's nice to know that you know you've got people that care about it as as much as as much as you do so it, and these the people everyone was brilliant in terms of adapting getting things up and running and what was our insurance claim on in that
1: it uh, i i think i, I spent forty eight thousand pounds on printer parts in in about an hour and a half I can't remember the final figure, but it was the carpets, the things like. In in terms of lost work, we we put a claim in of like three hundred quid. Yeah, in terms of lost work, it was it was nothing because we 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 worked through the night. Um, As soon as one printer was up, we worked through the night. But it was the the after effects as well. So where, all of the water that came in obviously wasn't clean water, and then a week afterwards, all the staff were getting bites on their legs and that, and the, and all of the walls had to be cut out at knee height because there were mosquito infestations. that in so Yes, that was, that was nice. <laughs> so you it didn't just, have an easy it easy then, did you? It was <laughs> gift that kept <petal laughs> <give it. laughs> <laughs> on Can laugh
0: about so, it now, but yeah. <laughs> you can laugh at it. Of course, you can. Yeah. You've obviously got a really strong culture there within the within the staff kind of environment that you have. Kind of, what do you think you guys have done to kind of to have such a kind of a, a dedicated workforce? I know, I know. There's obviously some family members and friends and things within the business as well. But kind of, what what have you guys done to kind of create that culture?
1: Well, I think i have been pretty laid back. Um, we, we work with them as well, don't we? We we we've been out there, sleeves rolled up, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. till whatever time at night we're getting in in the morning running a zoomed we both run princes before we we yeah we're not afraid to to be fair haven't done it much recently in the last few years <laughs> um but we well apart from covid uh but we're we're you know not afraid to roll our sleeves up get out and and get out on the floor and help them so there isn't a job that, that hasn't been done by
2: one of us no.
0: in the company that's, that's- I have heard that it's changed quite a lot since um, since you had your orange rebuilt out the back of the house. Scott, is that right? Thank you.
1: Yes, I suddenly got very posh. At that point. <laughs>
0: I've, I've obviously sad to say I've I've not had the, the, the pleasure of visiting the the new place. I've I've meant to a few times, but at what point did you move to the the current building? you're in just now then.
1: 2017 we bought it in 2016 um, okay it was one of those things it, it came through it was a picture of it come through on a estate agent leaflet email thing and uh i, I looked at it wayne was in new york at the time and i sent it to him and like, oh, that sounds really bad you've got an orangery i'm in new york <laughs> Just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, i sent it across to him and said have a look at this is it's, it's across three floors i'm not sure it'll work but and um by the time he came back we, we came to see it and and the the it was an absolute shed it was being used as a grp molding factory so it absolutely stank of your glass fiber okay and it just looked atrocious. It was so sad, the building. But we you know, had to look past that and see if it could work across three floors. Um, and I have to say, I, I i tend to I tend to leave that to Wayne because Wayne's very, very good at processes and working out mm-hmm. how stuff works. So it's like, you know, I, I, well, I think we can afford it. Does it work?
0: Yeah. And there's a nice. And diagram on your website that shows exactly how it all works and yes how all the, the systems flow together and things like that which is which is really impressive how much of a challenge was that building then because I've, I've heard some stories about kind of um how it perhaps didn't kind of go quite as smoothly as, as you would have liked to kind of from kind of moving uh, into that building
2: well the previous owner had some sort of weird agreement with because he sold the company that was in here and the company didn't move out for so long and then when they did it was left Uh, in a bit of a state so we Mm -hmm. had a lot of clearing up to do Mm -hmm. um for a start clearing up's easy we had a lot um you know you can just get a big skip stick it all in that and and, you know it's just manpower effectively Mm -hmm. and then we had we'd already pre-laid out offices and production areas and what we were going to do we already had an idea on what we're going to have on the production levels Mm -hmm. um each floor. Uh, and it worked it worked really well. We, we you know, we built desks, um, we got company in to build the all the stud walls, the metal frame stud walls and the, um and everything. I put the doors in and, and basically create the office spaces while we were um painting um mm-hmm. everything ready over Christmas. I mean look that Christmas Eve, I think Scott was here until sort of silly clock.
1: We, we were working every weekend um and yeah i was here till really late because my wife phoned me and, and said to me your daughter has just asked is daddy coming home for christmas <laughs> at that point you go yeah actually do you know what i better go <laughs> <laughs>
0: time to time to leave the office <laughs> yeah yeah
2: it was a um it was we put in a lot again we put in a lot of hours ourselves i mean yeah. um scott was doing the majority of the painting i was uh, we built the desks for stand up desks so, you know, I was building and, and putting those together because we didn't also want to take people out of production because then work doesn't get done.
0: Yeah. Um, you, can, you can't desks. build a business like venture banners and not kind of put the put the hours in at those early stages and to kind of get to, no, where, no. to where you're at today. Which kind of brings me on to obviously kind of venture banners, um, trade large format supplier, probably one of the most prominent stands for that in the UK market that, I, that I've come across. What do you think it is that sets you guys away from the, the competition? Interesting.
1: Um, being 100% trade only, I think, and having a single menu pricing, that, that's that's really important um, for, from, from a trade customer's point of view, because it would have been important to us, because we weren't always printers. If we'd have had a company like us, yeah, <laughs> that we could have outsourced to, you know, yeah. we would never have had to buy our own printer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it's th- and that's kind of where we've gone with it. So menu pricing, no one was doing menu pricing. In fact, very few people do menu pricing now, but no one was doing menu pricing back then. Yeah. And um, then with illustrated profit potentials. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, you know, because there are, there are people out there that do trade work, but they tend to do retail stuff as well and then fill the, their spare capacity with trade yeah uh, trade work but as soon as the more profitable retail work comes along that you know, the trade work gets put on the back burner so you have inconsistent service and pricing levels mm-hmm. and again if, if you're if you're a print reseller or, or, or just you know outsource outsourcing you, you need consistency mm-hmm.
0: Going to, I'm going to throw a challenge at you, um, because I mean, in my kind of coaching capacity, obviously I speak to a lot of your kind of ideal kind of clients, and to be honest, I, I hear very, very little negative comment wise when when it comes to talking about venture banners. The only thing I would say that comes up kind of fairly frequently is, I guess, people's frustrations at. You kind know, the rigidity, rigidity of you kind know, of like turnaround times and things. There's not much flexibility. What would you What would you say to those? What would you say to those kind of potential customers and existing customers as to why that is? Because because um, really, it's only it's the only negative thing that I've ever heard said about the company, which which says a lot about you guys. To be honest with you, so I guess it, it's appropriate to bring that up when I've got you both on.
2: Well, yeah, no, uh, look, I can completely understand that. Um, you know, we've got. The size of our production facility, we have got limited capacity. That capacity is actually quite, uh, quite vast, but we get we get an awful lot of orders, and we have to. When we first built the processes on how we operate as a business in terms of order flow, um, we've had to be very strict in, in terms of what order goes through which department at what time so we all we work off of uh, a dispatch date on mm-hmm. all orders the problem is is capacity we know over the years of doing it what our levels are and if we can't fulfill it we're going to have to turn it away We we, we would rather turn it away and so they go somewhere else and get the work done rather than we say no no we'll do it don't go anywhere else you know that that's fine and then fail and let them down because that doesn't help anyone it, it looks bad on us and they're just left you know without their banner or their flag or, or whatever it else is that they've ordered yeah. so yeah. you know it, we we've got we send out hundreds of orders on a on a daily basis and they all have to Go through this section, and when we're at, when we're at peak, we're going to have to we have to be very very strict um, with what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. We, we've had we turned jobs away before, and the customer said it's okay. I've spoken to in a company. I'm not. I won't name them, but um and they said they can do it for us. It's not a problem. And then he rings up and tells us no, they couldn't. In <laughs> fact, they can't get it done until the end of next week. Yeah, and, and so he's yes. sort of left sure for this event in the end we managed to get something out to him and you know we helped him out because we were then able to at that point you know yeah. the volumes had dropped and we were able to actually fulfill it
0: mm-hmm. um, So, what comes analysis. with what comes with such a rigid process is reliability and I'm sure people well, obviously respect you yeah, yeah, because in order to let
1: it. anyone down. We don't we mm. don't want to let anyone down. And we certainly don't want to yeah. over promise and then under deliver. That that to me just is a killer. Um mm. and we've got a yeah, we have got a, a reasonable name in the in the industry. We don't want to ruin that by promising everything and then not being able to deliver it. So yeah. that that to me is worse. Yeah. And and I know Could it's frustrating. More. We have taken steps. So going forward, and we, we understand the problem. Um, we understand that it's and it's not necessarily such a a, a capacity of a printing problem because the printers mm-hmm. we've got are, yeah are hugely fast. Yeah, they're they mm-hmm. the H we've got two H5s and each one will print a, an eight by four sheet. In seventy seconds, so it's not necessarily that. It's now you've got to put it on a zoom and you've got to cut it all out. Well, we only have we've got two zooms, but one's for textiles, so we only have one zoomed to, mm-hmm. to cut out rigid boards. So we bought another zoomed. That was only installed a few months ago. So we bought another zoomed, and but but space is a is a problem. We've got twenty one thousand square feet here, as we get more and more product space becomes the issue because we've got to whole products uh, mm-hmm. which means we've got less production space so in actual fact we've just signed the lease on a, a three and a half thousand square foot uh unit which is going to be our storage okay and, and I, I liken that to having a having a pantry so that's the pantry mm-hmm. that's where it's all stored and then it, it comes over you know, in dribs and drabs, so we've got more space and more room for production. That, that I'm hoping should have a, a positive impact on lead times because last in the summer this year we got to five to six days, and you know that that's mm-hmm. because we were so busy. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, which is a great problem to have. Of course
0: it is. Yeah, and it's it's, it's it a good thing for the industry help as well. No. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure the listeners will really appreciate that explanation. So thanks for thanks for kind of delving into that and and change. If sharing anyone that if
2: anyone ever has questions like that or you know or anything, we are more than happy yeah. sending an email through to the uh, the trade email address. The guys out there know exactly the reasoning for why we're having to do things we we don't do things on whims or mm-hmm. uh, anything like that everything's had to be done for a reason and it, it is to try and provide as good a service as possible and you know mistakes get made i can't say that you know we haven't ever we've been 100 percent perfect all the time but we will always endeavor to try and put things right if we're at fault
0: yeah that's good to hear so let's lighten lighten the the tone of the the, <laughs> the, the, the episode for for a short minute because as you guys know this becoming tradition on this podcast we like to get to know a little bit more about you guys personally beyond the flights to New York and the Orangeries in the back garden so yeah a, a question for to each of you is um is yeah tell us tell us a little bit about you that perhaps the listeners might be surprised by. Wayne's got a good smile okay. on. You've got to go first, Wayne.
2: Why? Why no, first? Huh? No, 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 no. Honestly, this one's so good. It's so good. You've oh, got, yeah, it is. It's amazing.
1: It's I great. love this song. I, I'm going to get a lot of grief for this. <laughs> yeah, go on. it, is go with on it. Do it. Uh, In uh, it's about 1984. Uh, I was a breakdance model for Kappa. <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm stunned. <laughs> I'm stunned,
0: but, but, but I'm not. I'm stunned, but I'm not stunned because I can all of a sudden visualize you. In the in the in the white the white attracts tracksuit all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was right. <laughs> Pictures will follow on my LinkedIn profile fairly soon after this episode. <laughs> That's that fantastic. Uh, There's no way Wayne can beat absolutely. that.
2: Up. <laughs> It's going to come up so much now. I know. I know. Anyone who <laughs> listens to this, they're just
1: going. Oh, I, I, did, did, I did. I did think. Should I really throw? Them? <laughs>
0: can we get some life-size cutouts of this for the for the next uh, print show? We all I wish attend? there was photo no
1: evidence. Yeah, there's not even any video evidence anymore. There once. must be <laughs> something they're, out there. used to, to This be is fair. a request
0: to any listeners that can <laughs> inter, interweb to see if they can find any photographic evidence of Scott really? doing this. That would be wonderful.
2: <laughs> to be fair, he's very good at dancing. <laughs>
0: We're, um, we're going to have to. We're going to have to witness this as well.
1: Oh, um, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to no, 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 have <laughs> <I did.
0: laughs> <laughs> If only he would come to Munich last last the last year and uh, came to party with us, we could have seen this on the dance floor. Maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Oh, uh, uh,
2: struggle to get past Tim, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Wade, tell us about yours then.
2: Oh, I thought we were going to gloss over this. No, you know, definitely not. Get a load of humour into it, and uh, yeah. Do you know how daunting this question is? It's a simple question. Very. That's right? why it's there. I know. Oh, right. So you're saying this, thanks, Colin. <laughs> 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 um, mine's not as uh, as certainly not as impressive. I was never a model. Um, no, I think when I first started doing all of this. In fact, up until fairly recently, I, I I used to suffer quite a lot from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of never felt like I was in the right place. I think growing up, my family were very working class, and I've got that very working class mentality. You know, work hard and and then die very um, <laughs> very yeah. eyed But um, uh, so. Even when taking over Scott's role at Dovercoy, I kind of really sort of felt out of place. And then coming into starting a business together, it was it was fine because I distract myself from the fact that I was working and everything. But, yeah, um, it was only recently uh, through meeting more and more people in the industry where I felt I shouldn't actually feel out of place. Because I feel like I'm, you know, fairly good at what I do. I, I know what I'm not good at, and I kind of take confidence in that. I come, you know, I get it in waves every now and then where I feel really out of my depth. But other than that, it's, you know, hmm. it it's just something you sort of keep quiet and get on with. So, yeah,
0: I guess it's tough when you're pipping yourself up against a, a Kappa capper model, exactly.
2: Uh, and, and I don't think Adidas or Nike sponsor. Um, <laughs> imposter syndrome yeah. so you know it's uh yeah.
1: no See, yeah. that, that really surprises me that 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 surprises me <laughs> because because without doubt and, and and i've known a few over the years wayne is the best graphic designer i've ever seen mm-hmm. it's incredible you're easily pleased yeah. no i'm not i'm really not <laughs> <listening>. <laughs> um, it, it's astonishing or perhaps it's yeah. just because worked together for so long that he he you know if because what, what tends to happen is I have an idea of oh we, we should do this which and and why don't we do that 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 and he goes nah, nah, nah. And, and then 15 minutes later i will come back and go how about that and you go oh that's so much better oh my god
0: <laughs> I've I've <laughs> like, seen you guys in action and there's absolutely no reason for for you to feel that but yeah it's a genuine it's a genuine feeling that people have. Certainly something I have from time to time as well. Can I certainly over the last few years, you kind of question, kind of, am I good enough to be to be doing this, to be working with other business owners and, and helping them? So it's something we we'll, we probably all suffer from a little bit, especially in the company of such royalty and the and the modelling side of things. I knew I was going
1: to get this.
2: You are always going to get great. That's that's not the end of it in this episode, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> but uh, no, listen, I appreciate you sharing that with it, and there's there's definitely the whole reason you guys are on this is because I kind of really value what you guys have done can respect what you've done in building venture banners. And I think, I think there's a lot of really nice, um, hails in there to share, to share with the audience. So, so yeah, there's no reason to feel that at all. Scott, you mentioned at the start that you're in charge of like kind of product development, um, for, for venture banners. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. So how, how do you, how do you decide, obviously, kind of, Within a market that's ever changing, just now there's new materials coming coming to kind of the, the front. Like, how do you decide kind of what products to kind of go for next? And you're offering to
1: be fair, you know, I, I look at if I like it. It's very it's a very personal thing for me. So if I if I look at something and like it, and and think the business can add value to it, mm-hmm. so I mean people often ask us for a boards, for instance. It's never a product I've been particularly excited about because. There's not much print. There's not much value we can add as a company to it. If, yeah. Uh, an A1 print or whatever. It, it's it's neither here nor there. So I tend to look at stuff that we can add a great deal of value to. But more importantly, that our customers, our trade customers, could, can sell and make a profit on. So as mm-hmm. long as we can do it at a cost where we can profit, Mm-hmm. but more importantly our customers can profit because it's all very well us us selling something for a profit but unless our customers can see a profit in it we're never going to sell any. yeah just recently it's it's you know we, we were in um printing united in vegas uh last year and i, and I came across a stand that was made entirely from honeycomb cardboard and and that really lit a fire under me that you know it was mm-hmm. the, the thing I've sort of been looking for the thing I could get really excited about so uh, literally spent a year working towards that and, and so we can start to offer that which hopefully early part of next year we will be able to mm-hmm. so that that's a something I'm you know a, a, a nice project I'm working on at the moment
0: fantastic so what, what, what would you guys see say- do you guys see the biggest success to date has been since you both kind of formed that relationship? Um, what's, what's been the biggest success in the business overall, would, would you say?
1: Why is it a tough one? A yeah, tough one. I think textiles. Textiles was a real learning curve, wasn't it? It was a very, very steep learning curve. We had to find people who could sew. We had to learn about humidity and printing onto very stretchy shrinky stuff that was that was very difficult to handle and cut and everything of that 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 was a real real big learning curve but i knew we had to do it because the cost of entry to to print that is mm-hmm. phenomenal so we could offer the, our economies of scale in terms of textiles to our customer base so i i you know, felt very strongly about that, but the the learning curve to get to the stage we're at now was really steep, really steep. Okay.
0: And what's been the most rewarding part for each of you with kind of doing the business? <laughs> you know, <orange. laughs> <laughs> had to be.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: What about you, Ed?
2: Ah, uh, I just really enjoy what I do. Uh, I like coming in as I'm. I'm Sad geeky twat. I like coming in and sitting in front of my computer and programming all day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh and when things go work, I'm building something that works. I like I like making stuff. And it's just being able to do something that I enjoy doing and actually getting paid for it as well. It's great. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a hobby. If I you know, this is the sort of thing that I, I probably would do if I wasn't doing it for a living um because yeah. I'm really that sad but you know it's, it's just coding it, it, I just mm-hmm. I enjoy it I I like the fact that you know we've got staff here that enjoy working here for the most part as, as far as we understand well, obviously nobody's going to tell you if they don't to your face you hear it but from people that have left is that they've they enjoy working here, and for some people, choosing to actually leave and go and better their career has been a tough choice for them, but it shouldn't be. They should be going on and bettering their career. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry we made this such a nice place to work. But um, it's, you know, it, it's nice. It's nice that people don't, as, again, like I said, as far as I know, dread getting up and coming in on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. That's important because I've worked in a... A job where it was soul destroying. You just going in and you come home completely drained because you're not enjoying what you're doing. And yeah. so, in terms of the company having a, 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 an environment like this to work in, I feel very proud of us.
1: Yeah. 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 For employing 40 plus people at the moment, it, it, it never ceases to amaze mm-hmm. me. I wander around the factory, and all these people are beavering away. It's, it gives you a very, Warm glow.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And one thing I've noticed with you guys, kind of, you're both very kind of like picking data driven as well. Like, I, I love like kind of, I've, I've sat in your company and I see you both on your phones, kind of towards the end of the day, kind of picking all the stats and data from the business for that day. Kind of how many jobs you've managed to get out, kind of sales, etc. And it's it's one thing I try. It's one thing I really try and hammer home with the kind of the clients that I work with in a coaching capacity, kind of, um, and in fact, I actually mentioned this in a an article I was um, I was writing for Image Reports magazine this morning. Um, it's one thing that terrifies me the most is that businesses don't have their finger in the pulse as much as they should. Um, they don't know the numbers well enough. Kind of how 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 big an impact has that been for you guys to kind of to know what's going on in your business, kind of in real time.
2: Well, well, it's not just us. I mean, again, it goes back to our, our turnaround times, well, why we have to be so rigid is because, you know, we have to display it for everyone. The guys mm-hmm. out in sales know where, when they can put orders on for. Um, so it's the data doesn't lie. You've got to look at the data and, and what you're actually doing um, so that you can manage the business. If we did the square meter, which we do on a daily basis, but all for one floor, it would um it would fall down pretty quickly so Mm -hmm. we've got to look at what's going in what floor and what products and what material and everything else and we we built our systems um both digital and physical around all the data that we get um from our orders on a daily basis you know we're not we're doing orders not like the small format side of things um they do you know thousands of orders a day We're, we're doing hundreds of orders a day um but that is still enough data to try and
1: help us work as uh efficiently as possible yeah we're very good at um picking out the 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 important data because there's so much data you can actually get lost in it from time mm. to time so we're very good at picking out the important data and working through So three or four very simple KPIs so we know exactly where we are Mm -hmm. uh, and we know exactly what we can do going forward and whether you can get another orangery or not. And whether I can get another
0: orange, we're gonna have to see this on my my LinkedIn profile as well at some point, (laughs) um, (laughs) side by side with the with the capital. So, so, you know, what advice would you give? Like, let, let yourself in the shoes of someone who's starting off in the industry just now, where you guys were back then, kind of what advice would you?
1: Would you give to someone just starting out yeah leverage your suppliers as much as possible and and don't sell on price that's the worst thing i see so many people do it so many people do it why would you work for nothing it's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous it's don't even you know don't bother um, you wouldn't go and work somewhere for nothing why have you why would you sell print for no profit
2: you, really you get said, but... customers like that that just want the cheapest price, but that, mm-hmm. that's fine. But they're not going to be loyal customers. So yeah. if you have to buy their work effectively, you're doing a job just for the work, but you're making a loss on it in the in the hope that you'll get future work from them. Then they won't come to you again because you can't keep doing that work at a cost to you. So, and those sort of customers aren't loyal. You've got to distinguish your business on on something else, whether it's you know service or you know glittering personality or breakdancing, <laughs> you know, it's um, th- thankfully, we didn't build ours on
1: breakdancing. No, no, <laughs>
0: I'm know, glad people... I got that question in earlier in the interview because then we can use it quite a lot throughout the episode. Yes, yes, it's again
1: my great. <laughs>
0: No, that's really good. Yeah,
1: advice, don't, guys. Don't, don't, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, don't look like you can print everything. Be a be an expert in what you're print, what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Understand it, um, yeah. because if you've got that, you've got a better chance of being able to sell its features and benefits rather than just its price.
0: Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more.
1: Obviously, we've we've just
0: been through something, pretty severe like as a pandemic. How are you guys preparing? For future challenges, kind of that might come your way, like how how are you looking to kind of future proof the business? If you like,
1: well, okay, yeah, future proof. So <laughs> we, to be fair, we've been through obviously we went through the flood uh, mm-hmm. and, and we came out of COVID. We had no bounce back lands. We literally grafted our butts off and mm-hmm. diversified the business into a safety signage business from a exhibition and events business. We we've overcome some challenges. I, I can't. I'm gonna not even gonna touch wood, but I, I can't envisage bigger challenges than you know losing your entire production facility to a foot and a half of water and then mm-hmm. a worldwide pandemic. If you can get through those without borrowing tons of money and 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 you know having having massive issues financially, I, I think there's not much and again i'm touching wood that that, that's going to worry us going forward
2: no we we built the business so it's quite collapsible in some respect yeah Mm -hmm. if we need should the worst happen i mean you know with the pandemic the furloughing helped massively because we had to let few people go they didn't fall within the um uh the criteria but uh, we there was other people didn't we with criteria, but we employed them back as soon as we were able to open up again we got them back in and, and tried mm. to keep them and other people that helped massively so we kept um as many people as we we could but we know that if we've got people here key people in certain areas that should it should all go horribly horribly wrong we can c- collapse down and keep those people, and still have a, an operating business.
0: So, what does the future look like then, Can I, What's what's the next five to ten years um, for venture banners for you guys? What's uh, what's in the plans?
1: More, more, I'm going to say more of the same. More of the same. Additional products. Uh, hopefully, the cardboard thing will take off. The honeycomb cardboard that that received a really good reception when we were at the print show. We had a couple of products there and. Everyone seems to love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's more of the same, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, I don't see us doing anything different to, to what we're doing, just expanding on, on what mm-hmm. we are doing.
2: And trying to get Scott's uh, Kappa contract
0: renewed. Yes, yes, we need to do that. <laughs> so, no plans we're for renewed. retirement just yet then? Uh,
1: not from break Dancing. Not from breakdancing. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 to be fair, I, I'm, yeah, I tend to be, I want to be taking i was 55 in in june so i want to be taking a step back every now and again and playing a bit more golf yep. so that that's kind of what are we doing and we've got mm-hmm. we've set the business up with the managers in place where it kind of does run itself we are a wear a hand yeah. on the tiller rather mm-hmm. than you know wandering around shouting yeah. at people so
0: nice guys it's been an absolute pleasure um really appreciate you both taking the the time um to do this with me this afternoon and um, hopefully the audience you know, have now got to know you guys a little bit better and you know understand you kind know, of just how much you kind know, of work has gone into building the brand as venture banners and and um and where they you kinda know, sit in the industry. So thank you for that. Um I will let you get time. on I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure you haven't. I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure they've enjoyed it as much. i to wake up now guys <laughs> But uh, have a good one. Uh, Hopefully, catch up with you guys again soon. And um, I'll talk to you later. Love it. Thanks, Colin. Bye.